Welcome to On The Fly College Edition, a podcast presented by Playfly Sports. I'm your host, Gene DiFilippo. Playfly Sports is the full-service marketing and media company bringing digitally enabled innovations to the sports industry. Welcome to On The Fly College Edition, a podcast presented by Playfly Sports. I'm your host, Gene DiFilippo. Playfly Sports is the full-service marketing and media company bringing digitally enabled innovations to the sports industry. Welcome to On The Fly, college edition by Playfly Sports. I'm your host, Gene DiFilippo, the executive marketing strategist at Playfly Sports. And today we're happy to welcome Rick George, the very successful and really, really talented Director of Athletics at the University of Colorado. Rick, thank you for being on the podcast. It's always great talking to you, Gene. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Hey, Rick, you know, in a way, I've always called you Midas. Um, you know, you've had such a great career. Um, you, and, and I'm going to ask you to tell everybody about it because there's a lot of young people out there that that are going to be interested, but you're at the University of Colorado, you play for a national championship. You go on and you become the COO of, uh, of the, the Texas Rangers and you win two American League championships. Then you go on and you're a COO and the PGA and you have a great career there. And then you come back and you've done a heck of a job at Colorado. Can you start by telling everybody your story, how you got to where you are, and uh, some of the, six, the many successes that you've had along the way? Well, look, you know, the first thing I'd say is I've been blessed. I've been fortunate. Um, I've had some great roles and um, couldn't be happier with my path. And I will tell you this, that there's a lot of jobs I thought I should have got. And now as I look back on them, um, I'm glad I didn't get them. And I think the path that I've gone has been really good. Um, you know, I'm excited where I am uh, today. Uh, but, you know, look, I, I've had a passion for sports and I started out in recruiting and, you know, and, and it's all about, um, you know, being good to people that you're around. And, you know, the reason I got to Colorado in the first place is I played for a defensive back coach named Lloyd Carr. We all may know who he is. And uh, when Bill McCartney had an opening uh, in Colorado, I talked to Coach Carr. Uh, he made the introduction with uh, Bill McCartney, and that's probably why I'm sitting in this chair as the AD today, was because of the introduction that Lloyd uh, gave uh, me to Coach McCartney back in 1987. You know, as you mentioned, we won a national championship. I left with Jerry DiNardo to go to Vanderbilt. I think that's when you and I first connected, uh, when you were at K Kentucky back in the day. That's and, right. Yeah, right? And right. Um, so, you know, being able to go to Vanderbilt, I learned a lot about the external operations. Uh, Paul Houlihan gave me great opportunities. You know, I thought I was really good at what I was doing and I thought I could become an AD and I couldn't get the job. And so I went in a different direction because of Bob Bodine. He had an opening in New Orleans running a not-for-profit foundation that supported uh, uh, children's charities in New Orleans through a PGA Tour event. I learned a lot there about how to manage people, how to understand budgeting, you know, from the standpoint that every dollar we spent was taking away from what we could give to children's charity and every revenue dollars that we raised, a 
allowed us to give more. So learned a ton there. The commissioner noticed me. I became the president of the Champions Tour when we rebranded it from the Senior Tour to the uh, Champions Tour. Uh, I did that for four years um, or five years, excuse me. And then the commissioner asked me to be the COO of the PGA Tour and and really uh, was focused on everything uh, you know, all, at all of our events, uh, player relations, you know, rules, uh, meeting CEOs, and uh, that was great. Loved, loved my uh, time there in Ponte Vedra Beach. I uh, got a call about a, uh, a job at uh, the Texas Rangers. I felt it was important for me to be in that role to really learn budgeting at a higher level and with the significant budget that the Rangers had back then. We had some success. We went to we won two American League championships, got beat in game five against San Francisco in 10. And in 11, we got beat by the Cardinals, which I hated because I grew up loving them. Uh, <laughs> they beat us in game seven in St. Louis. And that was pretty tough with my family there who are all Cardinal fans. But uh, then I got a call from the chancellor. And again, I go back to being good with people that you work with, um, you know, and the chancellor and I had a relationship um, in 87 uh, through 91. And uh, this opportunity came up 30 some years later, 32 years later. Uh, he called me and asked if I'd be interesting. And I said, no. And my wife said, yes. Um, and she said, yes, twice. And I said, okay, we're going. Uh, <laughs> and, and here we are eight years later. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate to, to serve on the NCAA council. Uh, I've been on the transfer working group. I've been on the name, image and likeness legislative solutions group. I'm now on the college football selection committee. So uh, I've been real fortunate, real blessed and um, and uh, happy where I am. It's it's really great. It kind of energizes you every day to be around young people. And we've got great uh, men and women. And I tell our, our, our staff all the time and our coaches that if you can't come to work every day passionate about serving our student athletes, this is probably not a great place for you uh, because we've got great young men and women that achieve at a very high level on the playing surface and off and uh, uh, couldn't be in a better spot than I'm in today. Yeah. And Rick, you're really busy. Can you tell everybody where you came from at noontime this afternoon? Well, we just had a, uh, our kickoff luncheon for all of our donors and businesses in the Boulder community. And uh, uh, we just had a two hour uh, meeting with them and our football team came down. All of our sport coaches were there and it's really kind of a kickoff to the season. And uh um, you know, it was a lot of fun having people around again. So, um, you know, you get energized every day in here at multiple things, but just to have people back together again and being able to communicate and talk and engage, um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, now we're kicked off and we played soccer last night. We beat Colorado State 3-0. And um, so we're off and running. That's great. Now it'll be a sprint and we know that uh, the pandemic's not over. So there's still a lot of challenges uh, and opportunities ahead of us, but uh, really excited that we're off, to, we're off and running. Yeah. Rick, your, your background, as you said, is very, very diverse, different than probably most athletic directors that come up, but uh, I think really exciting in that you had some experiences that the rest of us didn't have. Tell me, what advice would you give to a young Rick George? Well, what couple, advice would you give? A couple things. One, um, the business principles from all the different areas that I've been, whether it's the Rangers or not, none of those change, right? And and it's all about relationships. And it's all about being good to people and, and um, 
treating people the right way. Um, you know, I, I tell young people all the time is that, you know, when you're in a role, keep your head down, do what you do, do it well. Um, you know, raise your hand whenever there's an opportunity to, to do something. Uh, but you need to have advocates, you know, and, I, and as I look back on my journey and um, I've got a few more years left in me, but uh, and looking back at my uh, journey, I wouldn't be where I'm at today or I wouldn't have gotten any of the roles I had had I not had advocates out there that were out there uh, supporting me and making calls on my behalf and would speak up on my behalf. And so the way you treat people, uh, young people, get people that can advocate for you, because when you put your resume in, in a job, there's a ton of other resumes right there that look just like yours. What sets you apart? A lot of it is your practical experiences, but most of it is, is Gene DiFilippo calling on my behalf and saying, you ought to take a look at Rick George. People like that, that can help you through your career are gonna be very instrumental to your success because it's very hard to get a job on your own. You need that support system around you. Well said, Rick. And as I look back on my career, the Roy Kramers and the CM Newtons and the Gene Corrigan's had an awful lot to do with where, where I got to, to yep. be. No question. Well said. You know, you are always upbeat. You're always really excited, but what, what is gone on in your career? What several things have gone on in your career that have made it really special for you? What special things have happened that really excited you? Well, look, I mean, the, the first thing is, is you got to have an incredible family. And, and I've got that, you know, I've got an uh, incredible wife that I've been married to for 38 years. I've got two phenomenal daughters. I've got two granddaughters. Um, and, you know, whenever you have a bad day and you can go home to them, it's all good. And having that um, has been really helpful for me. And, um, you know, just the relationships that, that you build along the way um, really make a difference in who you are and where you're going. And um, like I said, you know, stop and smell the roses. I mean, we're in a business that we support young men and women. And, um, you know, they're, and, and being able to go out there and watch them compete and watch them play, that's probably the best satisfaction uh, that I have in my role is just seeing them grow over four years' time and see where they go into the future and how you've supported them along the way. I mean, all those things are, are really meaningful to me because it's about the people. And that's probably the thing that was very difficult in this last year is not having that human interaction on the level that we're used to having it, where I walk through the lunch, uh, the chow room, I call it every day, the Crawford Club, and um, seeing our student athletes eat together and be together, and then being able to watch them compete. And fortunately, I watched a lot of them last year because I was an essential employee, I guess. So uh, I was able to watch them. But just, you know, I, I can remember last year when our men's basketball team came out to play Georgetown in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And as they come out onto the court and they've got fans, our Buff fans for the first time, and the looks on their faces and the excitement and the energy that we provided those young men uh, before they went out there and played, it was it was really uh, rewarding. And, and I remember our first contest that we played last year was at home against UCLA in football. And it was late. We didn't even think we were going to play in the fall. And, um, you know, as soon as that toe of the opponent hit the football to kick off the game, I'm like, all right, we're back. Uh, and it was a challenge. It was tough. It was difficult. But, you know, there are little things like that. But it's really about the, the relationships that you build, not only with your student athletes, but with your staff and your coaches, 
uh, and the people in the community, donors. I mean, some of my best friends now are donors that I've gotten to know over the last eight years. And, um, and so those relationships, I mean, that's the most important thing to me in my journey uh, that I've been able to keep contact and, and connected with people that I've worked with over the years. You can see what motivates uh, Rick George, everybody. It's uh, it's those student athletes. And it is if, that. If you're not student athlete oriented, you probably ought to find a different job. You agree, Rick? Yeah, look, I mean, it's business is all about them. Your success is going to be measured by their success, right? And so I was just telling, yes. our, I was just telling this group that we had at lunch today, all the business leaders, that one of the things that's most exciting for me is we've had 14 consecutive semesters over a 2.9. We had our two best term GPAs, cumulative GPA in our history this last year when our student athletes had all these pressures, all these distractions, had to learn how to learn remotely, and they achieved. And if you can't find satisfaction in that, if you can't come to every to work every day passionate about serving those young men and women, not the right business. And it's not easy. Uh, it's hard. Uh, there's all hours of the day and night. But the rewarding part is seeing them succeed, seeing them walk down the stage and get that diploma, seeing them get that first job. All those things make it all worthwhile. That's well said. Rick, you said you mentioned some of your uh some some of the the people that you know called for you that that recognized you what characteristics would you tell the young people out there that it's really important for a leader to have well look you got to have integrity right i mean that's number one and 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 i say that and i and, and i don't want anybody to take that lightly lightly and you may say well that's just a term but i got to tell you if you're not doing things the right way the people behind you are watching and they're seeing and they're always looking at you. And so the way you lead is going to be really important. And I'm one of the big believers and I'm not going to do any, I'm not going to ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do. And that's extremely important because we're all on the same level. We're all on the same team. Uh, I don't think people work for me. I think we, they work with me uh, and we work together to achieve a common goal. And, um, and, and I'm a big believer in strategic planning. I think, um, if you're going to lead, you better have a plan and uh, you've got to get people to buy into that plan. They got to buy into the vision because it's not my vision. It's our vision. You got to know what your mission is. You got to know what your objectives are to hit those, um, um, the, the vision that you want to hit. And uh, it's guided us. And, and uh, we're in the third mission, third three-year mission on our second year. And we're achieving a lot, but we, we measure everything. And it's really important. Uh, to measure what you're doing because you know where you are and where you got to go. Yeah. Rick, you have spent and raised approximately $200 million uh, for the infrastructure and facilities at uh, Colorado. Who helped you or did anybody help you to put together a strategic plan? And how did you go about raising that money and also financing those wonderful facilities? Well, look, I mean, it takes a lot of people, right? And, um, you know, it's a shared vision that we all had. And I think, you know, part of our success in fundraising is we built this great facility, a $160 million facility that uh, houses all of our student athletes. It's got the first net zero energy indoor practice facility. Uh, we built state-of-the-art locker rooms and uh, office space for our staff and a place where our student athletes could all eat together. And, and having that vision and a shared vision, because, you know, look, whenever we do something, whenever we create our, our strategic plan and our vision, 
it's a shared process. And the best part of the process is the people that work with you on that process because they're they're invested. And once you get people invested on a common goal, they're going to help you get to where you want to go. And, you know, for us, we all saw the vision. We, we were told it couldn't be done, that you couldn't build an indoor practice facility on the area that we built it. But we did it uh, because we were resolute. We knew where we wanted to go. We had a strong vision of what this would do for our student athletes. And now we followed that up with some programmatic needs. Our whole student athlete program is unique. Um, it's about the wellness, health, and optimal life experience. Our concern is um, life. Uh, we want to make them life ready when they leave Colorado. We want to give them all the tools that they need. Uh, it encompasses mental health, nutrition, career, academic, leadership, you name it. Anything that touches our student athletes is, is ingrained in this um, program. And we just had a significant gift uh, from the Crawford family to put their name on that to help us with our programmatic needs. And, and now we've got the things in place. We've got the facilities. Uh, we still have some other facilities we need to fix, but we've generally got the right facilities. We've got incredible programs for our student athletes, and now it's about winning. Great. And win you will. You've won everywhere you've ever been, and this this uh, journey will be no different. Rick, when you've, you've hired some really good coaches, in fact, you've hired two football coaches, I think, in the last two or three years. Yep. But anyway, what do you look for? in a coach what are you looking for in a in, in a football coach well look for for me it, it's it's different right i mean so when um we uh, our, our our the first coach that i replaced um we were really looking for somebody that was uh had a um, discipline was a part of who we uh, who they would be um we wanted them to have a, a the same aspirations that i did on on winning championships we wanted somebody with that kind of background that had won championships. And so, you know, we hired uh, Mel Tucker in that role. Um, and then when he left, um, you know, it, it changed a little bit. We wanted somebody that could maintain the discipline, but we also wanted somebody that was going to be stable for our student athletes. I and mean, if you think about it, you have a coach for less or a little over a year and they leave, and then you've got to replace somebody uh, two weeks before the pandemic hit. And we looked for somebody in that case that had the right character, the right integrity, somebody that we knew was going to be here. And Carl had all three of those things. And he's got an incredible background, having been a head coach at UCLA five years, where he went to five bowl games. He's been in the NFL, had a lot of success. He was at Colorado in 92, working for Bill McCartney. He built his dream home in Colorado that we didn't know about um, when, when we first reached out to him. And so, um, you know, again, I, I, I think a lot of that was, you know, things are meant to be and, um, and there was a plan and, and uh, he fit the plan and um, he's doing a great job. He's really brought some stability to our program. I think our players would run through a wall for him. Um, he's got the right character, the right integrity, and uh, that's exactly what we needed. You know, Rick, you and I are college football buffs. Um, some people might call it useless uh, knowledge. I think it's really fun and important. But as I look back on some of the great football staffs, there was one at Kentucky with Blanton Collier. They had Don Shula on the staff and Bill Arnsparger and and uh, just a, a number, Ermel Allen, just a number of people. Tell our young people out there what Bill McCartney's staff was and how many of those guys went on and became head coaches. Well, I mean, they all did pretty much. 
you know, I mean, uh, Coach McCartney had a great staff put together. Jerry DiNardo went on to do really good things. He coached at Indiana, LSU, um, and Gary Barnett uh, had a tremendous amount of success. Lou Tepper, look what Mike Hankwitz just did finishing his career at Northwestern. Um, you know, we had so many great coaches, but you know what Mac taught everybody is he taught them discipline. He didn't, he didn't, um, there was no differentiation of who you were. He had, uh, he had a certain way he was going to do things and you either fit it or you didn't. And if you got out of line, you were disciplined and he would sit you down and, um, you know, uh, but he was, it was really important for him uh, that family uh, was part of the equation. And every Thursday night, you know, we, we all had family dinners and, and uh, you know, it was really important to him. We let, we let everybody go home early, but, you know, just his discipline and his commitment to his faith and, and who he was, um, you know, really resonated with me. I learned a, a, a lot about him, um, but uh, he was a great man. He is a great man. And um, um, he, he taught me a lot. Yeah. What a great experience that was for, for you to be with him. One last question. Um, when you are interviewing candidates for whatever position, Rick, and the candidates are very, very close um, in abilities. What, what is the, what do you determine uh, to make the final hire? So look, um, a lot of times I'll tell every, you know, I'll tell my staff when, usually when they get to me, um, what I tell my staff is I'm not going to be any more than 30 minutes and I'll probably be closer to 15. And to me, it's all about the person. If they wouldn't be sitting in front of sitting in front of me, if they didn't have the right professional skills, right, to be in that role. And so for me, it it becomes who's the best fit for us? Who fits our culture? You know, when we developed our strategic plan, we had core values that are really important to who we are and what we do. And it's about respect, accountability, passion, integrity, and dedication. And if you put that together, the acronym's rapid, and it's about a sense of urgency. And so for us, if you don't have those five things, I sit down with recruits in my office all the time on a Friday during the season. And I've got this sign behind me that's got our strategic plan, that's got our vision, our mission, and our core values. And I tell those student athletes and their parents, if you don't have these five things, this is not the place for you. And so for me, when I interview somebody, I want them to tell me who they are. I don't want to know about, you know, are they proficient in this or proficient in that? Because they wouldn't be sitting in front of me if they weren't. I want to know what kind of person you are because that's where it's all about. Because sometimes these days get dark, they get lonely, they get tough. And you want to have people in the room that share the same values that you do that are, you know, uh, and so for me, it's about the person. I want to know what's inside of them, who they are. And I want to know about their families. Uh, I want to know about, you know, why they, why they want to be here and, and, and what their career is. Because as a leader, my job is to get people where they want to go. And if Colorado's not the right place and there's another opportunity someplace else, I want to help them get there. And so for me, it comes down to who is that person and how do they fit with the other people in our department? Wow. Well said. Those of you who are listening out there, uh, particularly you young people, uh, just go back and, and see how passionate Rick is. See what is really important to him. It's people. He's, he's, you know, student athlete centered and that's what it's all about. Rick, there's, you've had success everywhere you've ever been. We wish Colorado the very, very best. And uh, we're going to have fun cheering for you and your team as you win championships here going on in the future. 
Well, I want to thank you for being with us. Well, Gene, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, it's always delightful talking to you, and uh, you've been a, a good role model for me as well. So thanks for having me. We're out of time on this week's On the Fly College Edition. I'm your host, Gene DiFilippo. Thanks for your time this time, and we'll see you next time.